Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, following the trail of an ominous new villain all the way to a long-destroyed Los Angeles, which is now a volcanically active archipelago, this is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam, scraping the bottom of the bargain bin for the garbage-juice-soaked residue of Gotham Knights, which he found <laughs> online for an embarrassing $10. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Ferg. Oh, JB, how are you, mate? Yes. Oh. $9 online, and then after a birthday voucher, which was provided to me by EB Games, it became a free game. So, fantastic. What a fall. Got a dollar left over. Yeah, yeah, I know. Somehow still too expensive. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> also, with us this week, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, advising all gaming studios that if they can't release their title running at 60 <laughs> FPS at launch, they should instead, quote, launch it into the sun. It's Simon <laughs> Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Still laughing at yourself. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so funny. I laugh at myself. I find myself funny. I don't care what anybody says. I, I keep myself laughing from dusk till dawn. Um, from that, that's Well, actually, I sleep between those times, but that's okay. Uh, I still, yeah. Anyway, yes. hello, Jays. Yes, hello, Steely. It's uh, good to have you with us. Uh, finally, Thank we've you. got. <laughs> finally, we've got the Nintendo Queen. Uh, it's uh, Pistol Pisty Pete, the Pist, still tapping her toes to the Jack Black love ballad Peaches. It's Casey C Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C Mac. Thanks, Joel. That Peaches song, my little littlest one, my two-year-old, he will not lay down for a nappy change unless he is watching. That video clip of Jack of of not Jack Black of the Bowser, oh, and he sings the whole song. And he hasn't even been to the movie. He hasn't even seen it, and he, <laughs> he's obsessed with that Peaches song. So I've yeah, it's ah. my most watched thing on YouTube now because yeah. yeah, it takes at least two 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 guys to change an app. Destroyed the algorithm. Mm. <laughs> well, very good. So this this week we saw the release of the new DLC for Horizon Forbidden West from Guerrilla Games Burning Shores so uh, did anyone apart from myself in the DG crew have a look at the uh, Burning Shores DLC no I, I did not JB I've got the first game on PC and I think I've played 10 hours and interestingly when I bought my PlayStation 5 last year I think it was I think the bundle I got it in came with Horizon Forbidden West, and I always said to myself, "Look, I'm not going to start playing that game until I finish the other one." And here we are, 
what, eight months later. <laughs> mm. uh, not anywhere near close to a, a Burning Shores DLC, unfortunately. Well, uh, in the interest of uh, journalistic integrity, <laughs> I, I did uh, buy, uh, I pre-ordered Burning Shores and downloaded it. And I must say, and I, I don't really know why, but it felt really strange going back to the Forbidden West, especially after playing Call of the Mountain. Mm. Um, like, it just took me quite a bit of time to find my bearings again and remember how the game sort mm. of plays and everything. Like, I don't know, it, was, it just felt really foreign diving back into it after, you know, yeah, 12 over, months. over 12 months now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, our first, very first episode of the Descending Gamer podcast, we discussed the, the new release of Forbidden West and, mm. and uh, we're, we're over 12 months on from that now. Mm. But, uh, but anyway... Um, I thought I'd uh, drop in some some little impressions that I that I've got from from that new DLC. So straight what, off, Aloy impressions or just <laughs> oh no, first impressions of the of the DLC. Sorry, I just sorry, I just thought you were going to do an an, an an impression there. I just sorry, I just got my wires crossed there. JB, continue. Sorry, sorry. So, <laughs> it's all right. So this is, I guess, this is the point where I do drop in an impression of uh, of, of Aloy. Here we go. It's well, me, Aloy. <laughs> I'm going to the Forbidden West to find the machines. Is that? It's Christopher Walken that as Christopher Aloy. Walken Love doing that. Aloy. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be. Where's the Wii U horn? I've got to give myself the. Uh, oh, fuck, I can't even. Give me your watcher lens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sell it. The black market. <laughs> <laughs> while you get the while you get the horn up, I'm just doing time. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Couldn't quite put my finger on the Yum. button. Uh, all right. So straight off the bat, Lance Reddick is featured in Burning mm. Shores. Um, I don't know how heavily, but Burning Shores, like it, it actually says when you buy it that the DLC kicks off after you've completed the main storyline, mm-hmm. and Aloy gets a mm-hmm. like a. a call come through on her focus that then starts the dlc going and of course it's uh, silas she goes to see him has a conversation and then that silence 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 yeah yeah uh so then he hit that that kicks off the the dlc and and off she goes so i don't know whether the dialogue and the lines or silence were recorded um sort of a while ago but um uh, possibly at the end of when they did the um, the, the original game, but mm. yeah. Anyway, he's he is in there, so that's that's a nice touch. Um, so first off, there's there's some new versions of each of the main weapon classes. So um, you'd all be familiar with weapons like the Shredder Gauntlet, the Hunter Bow, the Rope Caster, the Trip Caster, mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things. So. Um, they've got new sort of elite levels of those weapons that you can buy from the traders in the Burning Shores sort of area, which is like Los Angeles. Um, and technically uh, speaking, the game has been improved as well. So 60 frames per second is now an option. So no need to launch this one into the sun. <laughs> um, they've also done a you lot of work. You could play this game in 60 FPS, couldn't you, though, beforehand? No. Like, I don't believe oh, so. I be- I'm pretty sure I did in performance mode. And then you could play it in 4K and 30 FPS, but now is it 4K and 60 FPS? Is that what? Is that the... What? 
Well, I'm not sure Some if it's 4K 60fps, but but there is a 60fps mode uh, that I read is now a, a new option. So uh, so there is that. Um, they've also done a lot of optimizations because Burning Shores is not available for PS4. It's a PS5 only um, uh, DLC. And the reason is they've had to get... A, there's things that they've put into this DLC that just will not run on, on a... Um, PlayStation 4 so in particular there's a lot of spot a lot of times when you're flying on the Sunwing and looking out over the the sort of city and that and they've dramatically increased the draw distance for mm. for the game so there's less pop in um so you get to see huge areas and it and it runs all nice nice and smoothly um so the other thing is the load times for when you fast travel are now massively and noticeably reduced so mm. um, you do a fast travel and within about three seconds bang you're ready to hit the button and continue so it's really really lightning quick which is which is amazing because um, it's it's annoying that they had to disable some of those things just to make it optimized for ps4 as well like mm. um that uh, that really sort of harmed the game in my opinion but mm. um the game also has <clears throat> special lighting surrounding Aloy, which was previously only featured in cutscenes uh, in the original game pre DLC. So um, I had a look at it; couldn't can't really notice it too much. But you know they, they've they've mentioned it, so it must be it must be a thing. Um, the new area that you explore is physically quite big, similar to the Frozen Wilds expansion for Zero Dawn. There's quite a lot of places to go and visit within that area, quite a lot of new NPCs and settlements and things. Um, and uh, some some new enemies, some new machines. So a couple of the new machines that uh, we've encountered so far is one called the Bile Gut, uh, and it's essentially a giant mechanical toad, and uh, it lays eggs everywhere. And then if you get close to the eggs, they like a they start to flash, and then they hatch into another small machine that's like a little robotic hornet, mm. and it just comes after you, and, and it's called a stingwing. So, um, <laughs> I, I tell you what, when you're getting close to those eggs, you're getting real like face hugger from aliens vibes, mm. you know, where the eggs sort of peel open <clears> and <throat> the the contents sort of uh, come flying at you. <laughs> um, so. Another thing that, that's worth noting, from the footage that they've already shown in the trailer, it appears at some point that Aloy gets a hold of a Zenith uh, weapon and has to battle one of the giant Pharaoh Plague machines, the Metal Devil. So um, for, for fans of the series, you'll know that as you're sort of moving throughout the, the world, there's these huge machines with these giant like Doc Ock-style arms that are just sort of like sitting there derelict and they're enormous. They're like they take up the whole side of a mountain, you know. Mm. And um, so, yeah, from the trailer footage, it looks like you're actually fighting one of those machines, which is amazing. And that's another reason that they couldn't they couldn't uh, release the DLC for PS4 because uh, the PS4 could just couldn't physically render mm. an enemy that size. So, um, so that's that's pretty exciting. Um, mm. And it'll be interesting to see how the boss fight mechanic works when you when you're one tiny human single handedly taking out a machine that in all the 
the hollow recordings and the audio recordings that you find in the game just absolutely decimates squad after squad of highly trained mm. military personnel with the you know with all the latest and greatest sort of weapons so um yeah it'll be interesting so uh, yeah any any thoughts on that one ferg sound no it sounds like good stuff to me jb especially hmm. this uh you know like a lot of games in the last 6 months we've talked about sort of done with the old last generation worth of games and you know sort of putting that to bed and now we're going forward and they're really trying to you know utilize all the playstation and the current gens technology and stuff like that so yeah it sounds like it's um yeah more of the good stuff and then plus a little bit more so yeah yeah i'll be yeah. interested to see what your thoughts are once you knock it over yeah. have you played enough to give it some kind of score or um oh look i think um I think it's a logical sort of extension of the original Horizon Forbidden West. The story is okay in in the in this DLC. It's not great, but it's been okay so far. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it sort of picks up a little bit um, because, um, yeah, without wanting to give any of it away, it it definitely feels like it starts really slow. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that the pacing sort of increases as I, I get further into it. Mm. Uh, is this one that um, you're going to think about having a look at, Steely? Oh, look, I borrowed the game to play it. I'm, it's not just sitting in my house ready to go, so it's not something I'm going to pick up. Did we? Um, yeah, we borrowed it off your brother. Oh, sure. um, so no, you know what? Probably not. I, you know, I played um, the Frozen Wilds for about ten minutes, and I was like, no, no, I want the next game now. You know, mm. so like, I don't know the DLC stuff. Unless it's really poignant story stuff, I'm not that interested in it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just trying to look around here to see the 60 frames per second <laughs> shit you're talking about. Because um, as far as I'm aware, I played that entire gra- that entire game in a smooth 60 FPS. So um, I, I just want to just uh, say um, I'm calling bullshit on that. So, oh, okay, um, okay, well. <clears throat> um, but, Very important stuff. I mean, the Frozen Wilds, I think, is a... A very worthwhile DLC to play and in particular like the Frozen Wilds introduces the concept of Hephaestus it's the first time that you actually come across Hephaestus in the Horizon game and obviously Hephaestus then plays a, a really significant role in Forbidden West as as uh, as mm. you sort of progress through that story so um, I think it's definitely worth playing from that point of view but um, mm. but yeah like what what the the sort of object of the mission is in burning shores so far just seems very lackluster compared to the story in in frozen wild so yeah hopefully hopefully it's just i just haven't got to the good bit yet yeah yeah it's going to pick up speed yeah. what is the <clears throat> what is the sort of roadmap for horizon is this we've had call of the mountain we've just had dlc for forbidden west is that sort of it is the next thing going to be a new game potentially, or do we have any understanding about what's going on? I think on? so. I they they haven't really announced anything so no. far, but um, I mean, Call of the Mountain was the the, the latest sort of property um, that they that they brought out. That's but even then, that was more like a fire sprite game than a 
than a gorilla game. Like they mm-hmm. they're using all the gorilla IP, and I'm sure yeah yeah the people from Gorilla that that handle the story and everything had a big hand in in yeah. all of that. But Fire Sprite really did the heavy lifting as far as the programming for that and everything. But um, yeah, they haven't announced anything. So it's similar no. similar like Naughty Dog. Everyone's wondering what Naughty Dog's next big project is going to mm-hmm. be, given the the huge success that was The Last of Us on on TV. And are they going to make a Last of Us Part Three or? Are they going to move on and start a new IP? So, um, I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to announce yeah. anything until they've got uh, something, you know, fleshed out enough to show off to the world. And yeah, DLCs. Yeah, just unlike out. Ubisoft, it is just fucking <laughs> announcing Assassin's Creed after Assassin's Creed, and they haven't even fucking conceptualized what the game is going to be yet. They're just like, yeah, we're doing it. Mm. There you go. This is what we're Suck doing. Now we're fucking... delaying it. Oh. Eve's Gilmont. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh my god! All right. Well, moving on from uh, Burning Shores, uh, we'll 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 stay tuned into that bat channel and uh, check back in on that mm. later on. Uh, I'm going to throw over to you, Ferg, for your news this week. Right. Oh, got some new. I got some Harry Potter news, and no, I'm not Ooh. talking about the announced uh, HBO mm. TV show, whatever, which was announced uh, maybe one or two weeks ago. We've got some more Harry Potter video game news. So. I'm going to read from a GameSpot uh, article, cheers JB, by Stephen Wright, and it reads, Harry Potter, Quidditch Champions, everything we know. So, yeah, a new multiplayer Quidditch game has just been announced in the last week. So, Hogwarts Legacy might be one of the best-selling games in recent memory, but it was missing a feature that a lot of fans would have liked to have seen, the brooms and the balls sport of quidditch we now have official word that a quidditch game set in the harry potter universe is coming and while we don't have all the details yet here's what we do know about the upcoming game so Mm, tell us what is this quidditch game well according to a recent announcement the title of the game is harry potter quidditch champions and it's a competitive multiplayer game that's been in development for several years so that's in itself is an interesting point you know Hogwarts Legacy was flagged and everyone was like, well, are we going to have some Quidditch? Why not? And, you know, they basically said, mm-hmm. look, we couldn't get it in. Or, And I think this is probably yeah. the real reason why they didn't bother putting it in the game or worrying about it because they've got this uh, other game in, in development, so it would seem. So um, it's going to be a standalone game and it'll be published by Warner Bros. under the Port Keys label, which is one of, which is the one, which is the one of its uses for harry potter games so what platforms is it going to come out for so currently harry potter quidditch champions is set for pc and unconfirmed consoles and i'm just going to go ahead and assume all of them all the current gen ones so you would have to believe um hogwarts wasn't exclusive to any one platform they had they had exclusive missions but not um yeah which reminds me i never did the haunted hogsmeade shop in oh didn't you legacy no no i couldn't be fucked uh, well, Did we? Because we didn't get the deluxe edition. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I didn't now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, I think I did. I'm missing out on anything. Yeah, it was something to do. Um, But yeah, Hogwarts Legacy <laughs> came out on everything. So I'm assuming that, yeah, Quidditch Champions would be the same. So who's making this game? The developer behind the game is Unbroken Studios, best known for its battle royale game Fractured Lands. Um, and very interestingly, this studio also co-developed slash is co-developing the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League with Arkham series developer Rocksteady Studios. Hmm. Um, 
When's the game out? We don't know. However, there are limited playtests that are going to be allowed in the early version. And if you go and do some Googling, you can um, find the place where you can register and sign up for it. So... um, what other features are confirmed for Quidditch Champions? At this early point, it's difficult to say what the game will and won't include, but the developers confirm that you'll be able to create your own competitors. It also can be played solo or with friends online, though the party limits have not been confirmed. Um, additionally, it seems that Quidditch Champions will also include broomstick adventures in addition to the sport, meaning that broom flying will go beyond the pitch. So there you have it. Some Harry Potter news. Harry Potter Quidditch Champions, a multiplayer Quidditch game coming in the future. What do we think about that? Any any excitement about that? What do you think, Steely? Oh, yeah. uh, you you excited <laughs> to grab this one, or are you? Yeah, thinking I've that- um I've registered. I've registered. I've registered <laughs> for the playtest. Everyone, I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been fucking sitting on brooms all week, just just prepping <laughs> my thighs for this. Uh, prepping my balls for the broom. <laughs> I am ready. I think this is a great idea, and I think it'll uh, hopefully, if they do it well, it'll do really well. But I mean, this is all speculation at this point. We haven't even mm. seen a, any fucking thing on this game apart from the fact they've announced that it's happening. So wait until you see what it's all about before. I mean, if if it's good, yes, I'm there. If it's shit, I mean, it's obvious. No. Like, you know, it just depends. It's it's hard when a game just gets announced. You can develop a certain amount of hype for it, but you've got to kind of be responsible in that hype when there's no vision attached to it. But, yeah, what do you reckon? Are you going to frothing at this one, JB? Are you going to fucking lick this one or what? I would rather <laughs> stick the Elder Wand up the eye of my penis, actually, uh, <laughs> to... Uh... Emotional damage! Oh. I don't know. I'm oh, just. I'm. Oh. I'm. I'm not. Not pumped for this. It's. It. Mm. It really reminds me of. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm still pretty. Pretty upset that they didn't just release it with Hogwarts mm. Legacy. It just feels like like profiteering that they've split that feature off, and now they're going to give you some half baked like fetch quests to go along with it, and you know. I mean, customize it all you like. Oh, you know, what can you do? I'll customize my broom, my character, you know, this, that, and the other. Who gives a fuck about all that, honestly? It's like, just fucking get me in there and let me let me play some, some Quidditch. So, I, I but just... you don't think that, like, you don't think that a, a, an experience that is just the Quidditch and the broom flying would be good, though? And, you know, when you say that it would be half bait, I'm about to open up a debate here. Um wouldn't you think it would be half-baked that going into a game like Hogwarts Legacy where it's just something that happens as DLC, like we were kind of speculating for a while? Like, to me, I think that would be more half-baked than an experience that is developed and built upon um, the sport itself, and that's it. I don't know. Like, I just don't what do, reckon what do you think about that? I don't reckon there's enough meat on that bone to carry a game all of its own. I reckon yeah, you bundle it with Hogwarts Legacy... And then you've got everything else in the game as well to carry it through. But like I just don't see, you know, really getting getting down and spending hours of time happily just playing Quidditch game after Quidditch game with, with very little else, you know. Mm. I just don't don't mm. see it don't see the value in it. Mm. But I might be wrong. Fair enough. Maybe right. it's maybe it's an absolute cracker of a title. I'm willing to uh, oh. eat my words on that one. Mm. 
Well, we'll just have to wait and see until we see a bit more. I'm sort of sitting on the fence with this one. <clears throat> I agree with you, JB. It would have been nice if it was included in Hogwarts Legacy. I think they could have done, you know, Hogwarts Legacy, there's all these different sort of story paths and, you know, you progressively play them out throughout the, um, you know, the main story. I think it would have been nice to have had a Quidditch, you know, where periodically you might play a game and you're working your way towards the... I don't even know what it's called in the game, the Quidditch Cup or something. That would have been quite cool. Mm. Um, so it was disappointing it wasn't in there. I agree with Steely. I mean, if they're putting into their own game, it's going to be the focus on Quidditch. And what that looks like, though, is the main question. And since you're sort of talking multiplayer, I'm, I'm just imagining a, uh, I don't know, use the dreaded word battle pass and mm. this sort of stuff, mm. whether it'll be that kind of arrangement. Um yeah, maybe and, we're and, looking yeah. at and just, live service. Yeah, and just the mechanics of how yeah, it's actually sure. going to work when you're playing with, I think from memory, I think there's seven people on a Quidditch team. So if, if you're playing by yourself with six others on the same team, how's how are you actually going to work as a team to win a game of Quidditch? Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. they sort of deal with some of this stuff. But yeah, sitting on the, on the fence, holding my breath, but excited to see more. We'll, we'll see what... See what they uh, show in the future. Once you buy the battle pass, it'd be, it'd be fucking eight people yeah. flying around Voldemort as Voldemort. <laughs> just, just dominating the pitch. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. you've got, you've just got a normal fucking student skin. You're a fucking dickhead. You might as well just go fucking kill yourself. I just, I just don't get why couldn't Avalanche put this in Hogwarts Legacy? It's not as if they spent the extra time polishing the story or the bloody character mm. models in the game, so... Emotional, <laughs> damn it! Well, they're busy working on it, but just in a completely separate other game, I suppose, but... Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were doing something, but, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't building Quidditch, obviously. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, well, I mean, the actual broomstick flying around in... Hogwarts Legacy, I thought it was actually quite good. So mm. I think the mechanic of flying around within that game was pretty solid. So if they can sort of port that into the into the Quidditch onto the Quidditch pitch, so to speak. Um yeah, we'll see. We'll just see how it works. Yeah. Lots of questions, very little answers. We'll just wait and see. All right. Well, thanks for that, Ferg. So now we're gonna throw over to Steely. For uh, for a bit of news uh, coming out of uh, his world this week, what do you got for us? Yeah, still his world, still his world. <laughs> Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at before you slip it. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that was still his world. Anyway, so um, the ball I don't hard. know if you guys, yeah, hard and hard. Um, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? So now, I'm gonna keep this short, sharp, and shiny as my bald ass fucking head all right <laughs> which is really something new for me okay here at the discerning gamer podcast because usually i'm waffling on like a hot iron with a thick sugar lumped batter between my thighs talking for hours on end about <laughs> fucking rumors about nintendo the fucking he said she said ubisoft. we said ubisoft said they said mum said dad said fuck <laughs> But I'm not going to do that this time, guys. I'm keeping it short as an elf, sharp as a tack, and shiny as a fucking bowling ball at Saturday night 10-pin. 
Um, fucking Casey just sneezed as well because she's allergic to my bullshit. Sorry, I'm pretty bad. <laughs> you hear me? It's amazing. She's uh, she can never stop sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, have you seen this? Go this fucking Lord of the Rings Gollum game, everyone. Now, if you've seen any of the trailers of this game, this looks like a, a hot, steaming. Corn-filled shit in a biodegradable and highly flammable paper bag. Um, and Emotional to- damage! Yeah, and, and to add insult to injury for any of the brain cell-lacking consumers that have their eyes on this terrible game, uh, this was the news that came out this week about said game. Now, listen to this. Players will have to purchase the deluxe edition of Gollum to get more Elvish dialogue in-game. So apparently the game will have characters speaking a little bit of Elvish in-game. However, for real Tolkien fans to get more Elvish dialogue to make (laughs) the game sound more authentic to the universe it's in, they will have to fork out extra money. Now, two things. Fuck yourselves, the lot of you that made this game. There is no world in which the video game industry should allow or be allowed to charge extra for authentic immersion. It's like being charged extra to play a game in French. I'd rather buy a baguette. (laughs) Two. (laughs) If you are one of the few fucking Tolkien fans who are buying the deluxe edition of this game or buying this game at all, I can't help you. There's nothing I could say to you if you are actually going to spend your hard-earned cryptocurrency on this absolute chode of a game. (laughs) You need to seek professional help. Professional help. Now, tell me, JB, Ferg, wife, Mm -hmm. am I going overboard here? Would (laughs) any of you pay extra money for more voices in a different language in a video game? (laughs) Tell me. It sounds crazy. Tell me, would you? Would you? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> uh, no. As much as I love Lord of the Rings, I'm probably I'm quite happy to uh, go without the Elvish language. Yeah, well, I like Lord of the Rings too, but I don't speak Elvish. Mm. Uh, I mean, how many fucking <laughs> people and would? Here, that's a f- and here's the point. So there was a bit of backlash around this, and I can't remember who the developer was or who the spokesperson was when they were sort of saying, how come you're charging people for this extra whatever? And he said, well, look, Elvish isn't a language that actually exists. It's a fictional language. So for someone to come in and do all the voicing of it, we have to teach them. And so it's to cover the costs of basically teaching a voice actor oh, Elvish. Shit. So that was his uh, response to the backlash. But all right. So <clears throat> so let, let's just logically have a look at this. Hmm. So either the dialogue that, you're, that you have to pay extra for... Um, has no bearing on the story because then the people who don't pay for it would miss out and be going, well, why the fuck's this happening now? Mm. And then there's yeah, no explanation for what's going on. Or mm. the dialogue that's been added is just fucking pointless and it's just like like the <laughs> general chit-chat that you have with NPCs in Skyrim, you know. Mm. Oh, okay, a dragon flying over the city the other day. You know, it's just going to be like meaningless shit, in which case, <laughs> why fucking bother? Like, what... Yeah, which which way is it? Like, mm. are, are the people who yeah. don't pay the deluxe package missing out, or the people that are paying for this it just getting ripped off? Mm. Mm. This is a fucking 
uh, 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 just a pathetic cash grab for the poor people out there that love Lord of the Rings so much that they're going to go and spend money on this game for a start. This absolute fucking dumpster fire of a, of a game. But they are going, because the fact that they love it so much, they want to have the elves speaking elvish and read mm. the subtitles of what they're saying. That's, but the thing is, they probably don't even have to read the subtitles because More they would know. <laughs> but this is the fucking thing. Like, that, that is no excuse that because you have to teach someone a language, God, fucking fuck off. That is a load <laughs> of bullshit. It just really frustrates me because I, I just don't think it is appropriate to slug people as if it's DLC as an addition to a deluxe package. You basically get a couple more words spoken in a fictional language. No, just fucking cancel it. Done. I'm not even, I'm not woke and I'm not into cancel culture, but fuck it. Cancel it. I'm out. Well, I, I don't okay. have a, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Do we have a release date on that one, Steely? With your story, oh, I know it's been delayed. 2020, 2020 into the sun. Fuck it. <laughs> most, most deluxe packages are a rip-off anyway. You get a couple yeah, of extra like cosmetic, cosmetic, and... cosmetic shit, and it's like another forty or fifty bucks. And it's just mm. like, ah, get fucked. I'm not getting another forty or fifty bucks worth of value here. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I, I couldn't care less whether or not the elves are actually speaking Elvish or not, but. Um, as you've alluded to a couple of times, from what we've seen in the trailers of this game, it doesn't look great, which is, is kind of disappointing. We've had a few trailers where we've seen Gollum more or less traversing the world, but we haven't seen him do anything more than stealthily crouch around and climb. And I'm just thinking, yeah, is that's that... That's the character, is, though. So why, why would you even make a game about this fucking thing? Yeah. Well, like, like, yeah, and that's a good point. Like, you know, what am I expecting that point? he's going to be you know taking people down with a sword and stuff like probably not but everything we've seen just looks a bit lackluster and hasn't really inspired me to um care too much about this game but who the fuck in their right mind <laughs> thought oh you know what you know what we need a video game all about Gollum mm. one of the most fucking <laughs> annoying characters out of the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy S- Someone with, with the dick strapped to their fucking throat. I mean, fuck's sake. <laughs> like, couldn't you have at least picked a character that's half interesting? Like, do a Gandalf <laughs> game or, you yeah. know, a game about Aragorn or something you know, where it's actually, you're actually playing one of the one of the, the cool characters out of the trilogy. No, no, we'll pick the fucking weird fucking Gollum. Yeah. And do you know what the uh, yeah. the special edition's called? I don't know. Because that was the other thing everyone was having a chuckle about this week. It's called the the Precious Edition. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I love that. I love it. Brilliant. No, seriously, these people should just fucking bin this and and put it it in the bin. Just put it in the fucking bin and start again. Do something else. Well, I'll tell you what. Tell you what, Steely, you won't have to worry about paying extra for the Elvish language because uh, in the same amount of time that it took Gotham Knights, you'll be buying it from EB Games for nine bucks in the bargain bin in about three months. See you, See you there. So, uh, yeah. You could not pay me to pay for that'll, this um, game. That'll line up perfectly with your birthday voucher. You're not going to get Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you close your It's a farce. Yeah. It's it's gotta be this is an April Fool's joke they forgot to put up early. 
at, at April Fools. Mm. These fucking idiots. Oh well. Anyway, move on. Let's talk about something fun. All right. Well, we'll throw over to you, uh, C Mac, for your coverage on uh, fun, fun news. Yeah, Indie World. That's it. What do you got? Indie World. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Two days ago, we got Indie World, um, and there's actually some really interesting stuff. Yeah, Simon's got a few ideas. Would you say ideas, uh, um, takes you, on it? Would you say our listeners should hold their horses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold, hold them back. Hold onto your horses. Yeah. Oh, it's Aloy. Um, yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm terrible with that. Why is Why is Chris talking? <laughs> Aloy got a real shaky voice. <laughs> Oh dear. Simon, stop. So it's a Christopher um, Walken no. DLC. <laughs> yeah. Indie World. Hey, it's it's um, Simon's. <laughs> you're going to send me on my new mission. For 10 extra dollars, you'll get the Christopher Walken uh, language pack. Fuck, I'd pay $50 for the Christopher Walken's language pack. Are you a good guy or a bad guy? That's what I want to know. Okay. Anyway. anyway. Stop. Okay, so anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, Indie World. Indie World. Um, yes, there's some really, really interesting games shown, and some really, really not, not interesting games. So I've already picked out a few. Simon wanted me to say everything, but nobody cares. (laughs) I'm going to um just point out a few that I found interesting, and one that was woeful. Um. How do you pronounce this? Minico? Minico? Yeah, Minico. Minico's Night Market. So coming out September 26th, this game, it's a very cross between, you know, you've got Animal Crossing, a top-down kind of Zelda game, fantasy life, which we've been talking about a lot. Mm-hmm. Not not Joel's fantasy life, but the fantasy <laughs> life for yes game that we play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it contains lots of little mini games in it, like rock riding cats. Um, mm. performing mm. in different parades and lots of different ways to sort of explore the island. So, yeah, it just looks like an all-round. What, what did you think, Simon? I kind of thought that this reminded me of, like, Animal Crossing meets Ghibli in a bit of a weird way because I think yeah, the Ghibli. story itself reminds me of, like, a Ghibli film, but the tone reminds me of Animal Crossing. A lot of fetching of ingredients to sell at the market. It's very cute. It's very intriguing. Though. There's a bit of mystery there. I'm in. Yeah, it looks, in. it looks, yeah. Decent. I, that was the first thing we saw. So I, yeah. I thought that um, the the art style of the Minico's Night Market really reminded me of the uh, the game Broken Age by Double Fine. Uh, it was like a mm. point and click adventure that came out a few years back, mm. and it's got a really similar art style. And that game was amazing. So yeah, mm. it could be uh, could be an yeah. Interesting the art one. style really got me when I first saw it because I did the little storybook about the cat at the beginning. I'm like, mm, here we go, it's going to be a bit crap. Yeah. And then yeah, I saw the art style. I was like, wow, this looks really oh, yeah, beautiful. I, I've never even heard of Broken Age, but I'm just looking at it, and yeah, it does look really similar. Mm. Yeah, it's a good comparison. What yeah. did you want to say something about the next game, Simon? I can't. The, the next game, yeah. So the next game that was announced at the Indie World Showcase was a game called My Time at Sand Rock, which oh, yeah, is the, right. it's a um it's a follow up, it's a sequel to My Time in Porsche, which was a complete and utter fuck fest. Um, <laughs> and this game just <laughs> this game just emotional like damage. I didn't realize. I must have not listened properly. I didn't realize it was like a sequel. So mm. yeah, no, and it's not good. This game looks like malware. It's fucked. <laughs> 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 Emotional damage. Who actually 
mum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck, you're on fire tonight. Yeah, Simon. Look, yeah. I know. I looked at Simon afterwards and I was like, oh, it doesn't actually look that great. He goes, yeah, look, it's just like malware. <laughs> <laughs> myself. Uh, but it doesn't look, it doesn't look good. Um you know, that's not nice. Like, come on, someone's made that. Yeah, someone with no <laughs> okay. brain. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so that's that's your review on it. So no, we don't want to play that. Um. Next up, a game that interests me, but I'm never going to be able to play it because it brings Simon too much PTSD. The game called Plate Up. Now, I, <laughs> I take issue with Plate Up because someone has well, I, literally I just taken overcooked. And stripped the yeah. fucking the the interesting sort of um, player models and gone. Yeah, oh, we'll just we'll just take the player models instead of having like a cute little unicorn and a frog and this that and the other. We'll just make the player completely red or blue, and you know that's that's it. But it's essentially the same fucking game apart from that. Oh, it's exact. It looks, it looks like exactly- a flash animation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One where all the exactly stick the figures as- uh, murder each other. You know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly yeah. like Overcooked, but you know, it has got different components like the um, be able to decorate your own and be able to place tables and stuff like that. And it looks yeah. like there's like a you can put beds in there for the chefs. Oh, it's so crazy. I'm not sure what that's all about, but so, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be allowed to play it anyway. So, oh, it's just fucking PTSD simulator for me. It's like <laughs> taking me all the way back to cooking and especially all the kitchens. in the trailer where all the pizzas are there as well. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's fucking like, hell. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so the next one, which it's not, it, I, I I had to just mention it, quilts and cats cats of calico. Mm. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a big no for me. Yeah. It's a uh, weird top down board game style where you can play with your friends or with an AI mm. to stitch a quilt, and yeah. um, random cats come onto the board and you can customize them oh, to make them. Fuck. Look Sorry, everyone. I like fell asleep. Cats I think <laughs> we'll tip that one under the, the same. And come across the board and they, you pat them. We'll tip that one under um, the same shit heap <laughs> as uh, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> emotional you damage. You dog. No, you didn't. So cats, you dog. Cats are calico quilt maker simulator. No, thank you. Um, yeah, hard pass on that one. Um, yeah. Crap. So next one that sort of caught, yeah, emotional damn What a nightmare. Um, the next one that sort of looked interesting was Rift of the Necro Dancer. So Necro Dancer. So I said, yeah, Necro Dancer. like a cool little rhythm game. Yeah, cool rhythm game. Like when I first saw, I was like, ah, it's just like a Guitar Hero vertical, you know, rhythm game. But it actually looks quite fun, very similar to a game Simon and I played on 3DS called Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, where it's a bunch mm. of lots of mini games, rhythm mini games. So it's not just that, you know, the standard vertical dropping down the screen yeah. style. It's actually like, yeah, like there's a bit where there was someone doing yoga and you had to do the rhythm to the yoga or mm. um yoga moves or bosses. But who knows? Yeah. It looks it looks pretty good. As long as there's lots of variety in the rhythm games, like the rhythm mega mix that we played, amazing. It was similar to like a Wario. Not like WarioWare. WarioWare, yeah. but where it's just very quick little mini rhythm games. So I'm hoping it's something similar to that. This so. will shine if it has banging music. I mean, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix has some fucking tunes in it. <laughs> like, and I'm telling you, they're not even. It's not even like you know, 
top 100 tunes i'm talking like it's frogs singing in the style of like a 50s fucking rock band and it's just so good it's Mm. just so yeah that's coming out sometime later this year um another one i quickly wanted to mention was tesla tesla grad 2 scandinavian 2d platformer kind of reminds well simon said it reminds him of a mix between sonic donkey kong metroid ish kind of game looked pretty cool so Mm. it actually yeah, it was released on. It was actually released on the day of the, um, of the, oh my god, indie world of the day presentation. Jeez, the I day of the presentation. My brain just faded. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Along with a remastered version of the original Tesla Rad as well, which Simon said it's pretty heard. It's pretty good. So yeah, I've never played it. Might be one to play. Yeah. yeah. So mm. there you go. There you go. Well, the... Animal well. Oh, sorry. Mm. Go. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, like, the, they were saying specifically that in Tesla grad, you got to use electromagnetic forces and physics and things to try and solve the puzzles and stuff. So, um, yeah. it seems to be very science sort of oriented if mm. that floats your boat. Mm. If there's a number two, I was going to say, if there's number two, it must be good. But if there's a sequel to, um, well, number two is Porsche, <laughs> number two can also mean shit. You know, so if we take a number one, we're taking a piss. We're taking a number two, we're taking a shit. Yeah, we got that. You need to actually elaborate. Okay. Like, All about animal well. So, um, yeah, a press star interview said that it's a very atmospheric, pixelated, open-ended adventure labyrinth game. So that's it. It looks pretty cool. Like I don't know. I don't know how I feel yeah. about these kinds of games. They're a bit a bit over these sort of retro-looking. Games yeah. now, like I'm not look, sure. where it's yeah. super pixelated and all that. I don't know. I kind of like the look of it. It reminds me of Fez. If anyone's ever played Fez, that game, what at, game? At, the look of it is kind of like very, yeah, pixelated 2D platformer, whatever, whatever. But the puzzle aspect of that game and the mystery behind it was really, really cool. And I'd love to know if this game just similar to that has some sort of similarities to Fez in that way, but it kind of looks a little bit like Metroid as well, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a labyrinth crawler kind of thing. It's got the stamp of approval from Video Game Donkey. I mean, he's producing the game with that studio. And I mean, he he's funny, but he has a pretty good taste in games at the most part. So I'm kind of interested to play yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Not really. <clears throat> Sorry, my thing. Um Oxen Free 2. Did any of you guys play Oxen Free? One? No, 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 no. But Oxenfree 2, straight off the bat, was giving me big time broken sword vibes. Uh, mm. I don't know if you ever played that game. It was a no. 1996, uh, another point and click adventure game. And this one, like, instantly took me back to that, that game. Like, it just looks very yeah, right. similar. And uh, yeah, I mean, that game was amazing. So immediately I was like, oh. yeah. Yeah, it really grabbed my attention, so it looked looked pretty cool. Definitely play number one. I was just about to say, really urge you to play number one. Simon and I mm. played it a few years ago, and, oh, man, it is very unnerving and very mm. creepy. Similar sort of Stranger Thing vibes, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, very... More like ghosts and shit, ghosts, which is like, really fucking... It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really unnerving, and this little one looks even worse (laughs) not worse but you know it's it's set five years after the first game Mm. um and as in the first game your choices in the during the game affect how it progresses the story progresses so 
yeah, like the first game it affected who died and stuff like that, which is mm. rough. Mm. <laughs> so um, this is definitely one I reckon probably along with the Night Market, Minico Night Market, that I'm most so, excited for. As soon as that trailer finished, I just went, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just one of those things I'm like, I'm really excited for this, especially coming off the back of number one. It is really nerve. Really it is really experience. unnerving though. So, yeah, I I was having nightmares about it. It's just a, a side-scroller, but it's but really creepy. and weird about that, you know. There's something creepy about a side-scroller that, you know, captures... It's like how old movies, old horror movies, somehow are scarier than some new horror movies because they're because everything is more practical and less CGI, and so mm. it kind of creeps you out a little bit. There's something weird about it. I don't know. But yeah, something about lo-fi horror that that is yeah, really yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Because it wasn't. It's not jump out in your face. Sort of. It's oh, mm. it's awful, awful good. More um, psychological. July twelfth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and the last one I wanted to quickly mention was with Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, oh, which fuck yeah, so it's very fuck excited. Fuck yeah, he's very excited about it. Um, <laughs> spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. I'm gonna go. The music, yeah. Well, I'm not because it's not. That cool. Um, fucking come on. Oh, I'll, I'll play it. I'll watch. Well, I'll watch you will play be it. forced to. <laughs> <laughs> Same same um, composer as the first game, which is very exciting okay, for Simon. Gotta make sure I tell you this: not as the first game, as the games that Sorry, inspired this. Game. The game that mm. inspired it. Fuck. So is but this yeah, a this one you can... is this a spiritual successor, or is it is it like a direct sequel yeah. to Jet Star Radio? Spiritual successor. Spiritual yeah. successor. Jet yeah. Star Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by no, Budget Airlines. <clears throat> So nice. made by Team Reptile, this game, not um, not Sega Sammy Group. So <laughs> um, really excited to see what they do with this because it's because it's going to have that ex- that same vibe as Jet Set Radio because we've got the same composer doing the music. I mean, even that trailer um, that I watched a trailer after the Indie World, um, which is like a bit more fleshed out, shows a little bit more of the gameplay, um, and it's just the song that's behind it is just fucking kicking and i'm pumped to the fucking cock ring for this game. oh my god <laughs> why you don't have to say shit like that uh, <laughs> yeah well, it looks good fantastic so that was the end of that was the end nice. of the anyway. i am nice. i am harder for this i'm harder than dark souls for this game <laughs> i'm gonna come guys Ready? cut him off <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, on uh, thank thank you very much, uh, C Mac, for your yeah, you're for your rundown of uh, <laughs> of indie indie world. That's uh, amazing. Thanks. Mm. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for this week's a novelty segment. Bringing it back from last week, JB. Uh, boys like Halo by the sounds. Oh yeah, <laughs> they do indeed. <laughs> they do indeed. Uh, all right, so um, this this week uh, we are going to dive into what experiences would we like to see in VR 
this could be hardware, software, or something in between. Firmware? Mediumware? I don't know. What what would you call that? <laughs> everything. Can <laughs> yeah, what everything. Like Just everything. What sort of firmware would you like to see in VR, Steely? <laughs> Um, oh, probably just, uh, I don't know, floorboards. <laughs> yeah. What? All right. What was the question? <laughs> Firmware. Uh, that's, that's Simon's answer. Move on to the next question. That's it. No. Yeah, so, nice. um, here's what, look, will you actually ask me what I'd like to see in VR? Uh, yeah. Just strap right, yourself well, in. Why not? You, you kick things off. You sure? All right. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I, only if you're sure. Oh, I'm positive. Go. Like positive, Park, go positive. Like go. that we don't know about. Um. <laughs> so, hear me out. So, off the back of playing PSVR two the other week, there was a couple of things that I thought. Um, you know, I just started thinking of that Beach Boys song. Like, wouldn't it be nice? June. A lot of the Banger. time. Um, very, very, very good song. <laughs> but it made me think of the things that I'd really love to see in the future, future of VR. Um, I'm just like my own sound machine tonight. Um, so. Well, that was a good one. So the f- <laughs> that, was, that was good. The first <laughs> thing that came to mind was obvious, the obvious, right? I'd like it to be wireless. Um, because the wires, they fuck it up. Um, Second of all, because one of my gripes with it was missing the buttons all the time, I would really love if VR did away with the buttons and did with, like, a glove that was a controller. That would fucking lick. So if you had a glove... If you had gloves that had haptic feedback in them, so it felt like when you were grabbing stuff in the VR, the haptic feedback like applied a little bit of pressure onto your fingertips or like, you know, you could feel certain things in your hands depending on what you were grabbing in game. Oh, that that gets me just like wet in the mouth thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the the added benefit of that is to maybe do away with buttons. I think it would be cool to do away with buttons and for these like gloves. Imagine if the gloves had kind of like at the, how the PS2 has the adaptive triggers, but it had like adaptive sort of things in the gloves that stopped your fingers from doing certain things, like it stopped you. In, anyway, I think it would be really fucking neat because mm-hmm. it would just be a way to add into immersion without having the you know the the controllers on your hands constantly and hitting the wrong buttons because I've got fat thumbs and I fuck it up all the time. Um, but I just think that that would be really cool. I, I can imagine playing games like, you know, like Call of the Mountain and holding on to those ropes and stuff like that and actually having to grip on and feel the rope. That would just be next level in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I really would, would <clears throat> love to um, to see done with VR. As far as an experience is concerned, I, I was talking to JB about this quite a bit um, after VR, how I'm one of these weird people that in virtual reality experiences, I love doing basic ass shit. Like I'd love if if more VR experiences that came out in the future were just like virtual tours of places in the world that are recreated in a digital space. 
that would be cool because imagine being like well you know what like even if it was just like you know for me because i'm a japan fuck boy um (laughs) i would love if there was a vr experience where it would just be like you know tokyo street raining nighttime or tokyo street daytime and you could maybe just adjust the daytime it's just a street you can walk down the street and you can and like i don't know there's fuck all to do but pick up stuff and interact with it but i'd just be there because i again i'm i'm a japan fuck boy and i love kyoto and i'd be there but then there would be other things that you could do as well like fucking you know cave exploring and stuff like that simulator fuck i'd do that as well but this Mm. is the thing that i think would be really cool in vr too how you guys uh jb and ferg you guys are a simulator fuck boys mm. imagine playing lots of simulator games in that i mm. think that would be sick i reckon playing a game like bus driver simulator <laughs> would mm. be licked but farmer simulator would be really good in it mm. um mm. like any any simulation game i think it would be really really fun in that kind of space because for some reason it it's so much more fun when you don't have to do it as your day job. <laughs> and that's, yeah. I think that's where it would be really, really cool because there are so many possibilities with VR, but I think that what I could see from some of the games that were coming out on it uh, that we looked through the other night, Joel, it just kind of felt like to me that a lot of them were just like, oh, here's this colorful fucking world that you can throw stuff in and shoot a gun. I'd like to me, if they could make it look as good as like Horizon Call the Mountain did, and it looks at some points so beautiful and immersive and like not even realistic, but like I was saying last week, almost like it's in a dream. I would love that. That would just mm. absolutely tickle me pink. And that's that's why I thought this would be a fun thing to talk about because there is so many possibilities. Mm. And um that's my thoughts. I want the glove. I want some fucking I would love it if you could one day wear a whole suit and the suit had haptic feedback on it, just not on your dick so sickos couldn't use it. <laughs> but like, you know, so and then when you're playing shooters and stuff, you get the haptic feedback on your body where you're getting shot and you can actually use the, the suit as a control pad. It would be a absolute bitch to set up, but it would be so mm. good. There are so many cool things you could do, just not on the dick. So no sick <laughs> motherfucker. You know, just standing oh, there. haptic feedback on my car. Standing there yeah. shooting yourself in the yeah. dick continuously. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh, I keep I'm getting shot come. in the dick. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think Steely knocks it on the head. I, I got the exact same thoughts. As someone who loves the simulation game genre and stuff like that, the stuff that I would want to do, and this will um, lead into to my answer when we get around to it, is it's like all the stuff that you can actually do, but that it's not easily accessible. So like you said, mm. traveling, going somewhere, you know, yeah, um, yeah, like the experiences, like you know, truck simulator or bus simulator, doing these things. They're not as it. I think it's something to do with their. They're not so far fetched that you can't imagine yourself doing it in real life, but you just don't do it for whatever reason. I'd rather mm. enjoy some of those experiences, I think, than maybe like a call of a mountain playing like a role playing game where you're just in a fictional world. I think it'd be cool to, you know, do you ever have days where you're just like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to be a bus driver. Fucking there you go, nah. mate. Buy the game. You can go and find it out. <laughs> you know, like you're not gonna yeah. go to the lengths to be a bus driver, but you know, if there's an option, like I was watching a guy. It was actually even tonight on YouTube. I think he had a MetaQuest. Is that the 
sort of the top of range PC. Yeah, I think thing. the MetaQuest Two is the, yeah. the top of the range Oculus yeah headset that Facebook put out. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's what he was using, and he was kayaking in like the tropics somewhere, mm. and that's what he was doing. Mm. He was literally just kayaking around, and it was like a real world thing, and it was just like incredibly beautiful. So there it is. Like we could all save our money and go somewhere and kayak, but from your lounge room, yeah, why not? Sounds like great fun. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Anyway. Fuck yeah. I'm with you, Ferg. Shit yeah. What about you, Casey? What What were you mm. thinking for this one? I went more with a game I would like to see in virtual reality. Mm. Tell us. And that, oh man, Hogwarts Legacy. How good would that game be in virtual reality where it's, you know, third person, no, not third person, first person, first person the, yeah. um, just wandering around the grounds, around wandering around Hogwarts and Hogsmeade and going to classes and actually like picking up things and making potions. And yeah, I think it would be mm. sick. It would be so cool because I, I just want to be which. It would lick in VR, I agree with you. Especially fucking broom flying. Oh, flying on the broom around. Oh, that would, like, it would make me feel like I'm... And you just have... All you need to do is have someone stand near you with a fan while you're... you're Just a next level (laughs) immersion. Yeah, that's right. Love it. Comes with a little hand fan and you have to... It's only co-op with a friend and they have to hold it at your face the whole time. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was my thing is more, you know, a game like... Hogwarts Legacy. Well, not not really the game, just more the experience of walking around the Harry Potter universe. Mm. Hogwarts universe, I feel, would be amazing. And, yeah, just sort of and being able to interact with people who talk properly, not like the game. You know, actually put some effort yeah, into their go, go to interactions the, and they have <laughs> facial movements. Go to the potion store and when old mates said for the 800th time, thanks for dealing with those po- <laughs> potions, you can just pop him in the head. Bang! Yeah. That's exactly right. And then just run away. Get on your broom and get your fan out and move on. It's great. So well, I've been coming here every day for the last 30 days and every single fucking time I walk in here, you say thank you. I get the picture, you fucking asshole, JJ Pippen wanker. Sometimes yeah. I think that all roads leave to Hodsmeade. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Deke thinks you should be proud of all the potions you've brewed. What are you going to do now? We're going on another adventure, are we? Yeah, well, they cut her out. Mm. Well, it's funny that you say all that, Case, because I, I actually had pretty much the same thing. I, I said... Um, oh, no, sorry. Um, I um, think Avalanche need to just scrap Hogwarts Legacy 2 and instead develop oh, yeah. Hogwarts VR and I'm oh. thinking to myself, imagine having to learn the wand movements, mm. swish and flick oh, for Wingardium yes. Leviosa, where you're yes. actually moving your hand, as well oh. as speaking the incantation for various spells. So rather mm. than simply pushing a button, the VR headset has a microphone built into it. Mm. So you can actually be Wingardium Leviosa, Stop. flick you know, flick the hand and bang, something's levitating or... Lumos, you know, stupefy. How fun would that be for kids as well? Yeah, you know, I mean, for kids that are like, 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 yeah, like Georgia, like she would go nuts. Like, yeah, if somebody doesn't do this, the the world's gone wrong. <laughs> that, that's a fucking great idea. So similar, that. but it's for all ages as well. Sort of, yeah. Know. So similar to like what what I've heard is the case at like Universal Studios where they have got little plaques on the ground that show you the specific wand movement mm. to do. 
and when you do that with a with one of their special you know hundreds of dollars worth wand uh and do the proper wand oh, movement and Joel, we've done it yeah so it, it all it all sort of yeah, works. Yeah, we so. did it when we were there. It's not as exciting as it sounds. Yeah, it wasn't okay. that great. <laughs> so, so I can jazzy it up a bit. So that's yeah. the first thing I could envisage for for like a Hogwarts VR. Um, then you know, picking up um, potions from your inventory and having to physically tip them into your mm. mouth, similar to like yeah. what you do in Fall of the Mountain, where you and pick the up the apple and you yeah, got to yeah. eat the apple. Um, casting Lumos and having to hold your wand over your head to sort of shine the light in the area that you're sort of walking through. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Broomstick flying in VR would be amazing, but at the same time, vomit-inducing. <laughs> it, uh, it would certainly take the immersion level for Harry Potter to next level. Quidditch VR would be amazing, um, especially if you're playing as the seeker and you're having to like physically reach out with your hand to grab the golden snitch out the air. Mm. Um, and then, like I was also thinking, like when you're brewing potions, physically picking up the ingredients off the table, dropping yep. or sprinkling them into the into the brew, while you know, sort of adjusting the heat and stirring it with the, you know the other hand and. Um, that's one thing I really missed from Hogwarts Legacy was the potion brewing. Like it was so lackluster, wasn't it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was like potion brewing on mobile. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I put the potion in there. I've got to wait 15 minutes before I can take this fucking bad boy off the stove. <laughs> fucking Jesus. <laughs> Is that a Husey? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be doing a whole heap of impressions tonight on Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> 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 uh, but I think one of the other things, yeah. like, set the story, like, maybe just before the Philosopher's Stone time period. So maybe in the era yes. of Harry Potter's parents where, where you've got, like, you know, uh, James Potter and you've got, you know, Remus Lupin and mm. um, Sirius Black and all of those, like, you know, going out and running a mark. And, and, like, at the same time, you've got Tom Riddle rising up through the ranks as mm. you know a Voldemort mm. in training and trying to learn all the dark magic and all that like have it somehow linked to the characters that we already mm. know that yeah. that are in the real world not just like some fucking great great grandmother of Ron Weasley or you know mm. stuff that's not super yeah, you know like it just Hogwarts legacy felt so disconnected from the, yeah. the regular Harry Potter universe because there was no one in there that, that was even barely recognisable. Yeah, um, and I think that's probably, you know, we'll, we'll, in hindsight, one of my criti- biggest criticisms of the game, and I remember when we were giving our first impressions, I remember Steely knocked it on the head. Like, they, <clears throat> like the inclusivity, you know, where the politics around the game was such a big thing and they wanted to make it, you know, everyone was represented. But by doing that and giving one everyone every single option to make their character whoever they were you basically everyone just created a faceless you know no name yeah. no one a character that didn't mean anything and you couldn't relate to whereas if they pick someone that has a close enough tie to the story that's where the game and just everyone played the same person and you actually were invested in that character the game and the story would have come across a hundred million times more better um, instead, yeah. we get you know yeah, Michael Gladwell with an afro and someone else with you know and my character didn't say anything and still I'm still upset they didn't give any backstory as to why you're going to Hogwarts in in year five yeah. like <laughs> like you just yeah. thrown into it 
with no backstory and no reason to actually give. Do they even tell you why you had that ancient magic power? Did we ever get told why we actually have it? No, no I don't think so. Just because one day you woke up and you shit the bed and you ran to the fucking platform <laughs> nine and three quarters and you ran into the fucking wall with your trolley and all of a sudden you're in fucking Hogsmeade having a butter beer with bloody a golem. Mm. Uh, bloody but, goblin. Anyway, you know, maybe maybe they could do do a, a a version sort of down the track where, you know, you you maybe play as a couple of different protagonists. So yeah, maybe yeah. you play play through part of the game as Dumbledore, and then you play through like a, a parallel storyline as Professor McGonagall or something. You know, yeah. like to give give you a bit of a like bit of a taste of of a couple of different characters or that'd be cool. You know, or you know, just pick. Mm. A male or female protagonist, and go. That's what it is. And here you go. You know, mm. and and I'd be totally fine with that. Couldn't mm. couldn't fucking care less. Yeah. Just give me give me a character. Yeah. Tell me who they are, how they relate to the story, and then actually spend a bit of time and effort making me give a fuck about that character. You know, mm. like like God of War yeah. or Last of Us or what any any of these. You know, even Uncharted. You know, they they all do a good job of making you care about what that main character is doing. You know, mm. just fucking give me something. Don't just give me yeah. something that's super generic. That you know, like I couldn't give a fuck about <laughs> like pretty mm. much any of the NPCs in um in yeah. Hogwarts Legacy because they were all fucking no. shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great the customization and being able to make your own character and you know hair and all this sort of stuff is, is great. Don't get me wrong, but you got to. You... <laughs> Was that the gong? Am I ta- am I ranting too much? Um, but it's yeah. That I mean, that's great. But you have to give some reason to care about the character. Did you change, and... your, did you change your hair much in the game, Ferg? I don't How think much so. Did you change just, your hair. I just wore ridiculous huh? hats. Yeah, never. Never. I picked so a, why is it good? <laughs> I picked a sweet afro. I mean, it was it's good in the sense that you can, I don't know, whatever. You got to give me a reason to invest in a character. That's what they didn't do. Yeah, yeah, That's anyway. exactly right. But uh, the the other thing, and, and this is probably the the last thing that I would really want is a is a decent Star Wars title where I'm mm. I'm actually playing through as a Jedi or someone with Force powers. Mm. Maybe even starting out as someone who 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 doesn't isn't trained as a jedi but has the ability to use the force and then over the course of the game you you do the training and you learn how to do it you become a padawan or whatever mm. and then you're using vr to to you know force choke people or throw your lightsaber and do all stuff like that i mean there's there's little tastes of that in um the the star wars game the tales from the galaxy's edge that that's already out on vr but you play through the the bulk of the story as a droid repair mechanic mm-hmm. um, and not as, and, and only in the enhanced edition have they tacked on like a little bit of an afterthought where you get to use a lightsaber and that, but it's, it's nowhere near the quality that it could be, you know, for, for something in VR, mm-hmm. you could be flying around in an X wing, you know, looking out through the cockpit, having dog fights next minute, you're on the ground, you know, using the force, you know, lightsabers, all that. The, the Star Wars IP at the moment is so underutilised. The world is crying out for something that's that's half decent in VR. Um, so that's that's the other thing I'd like to see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I, I think, think what- you're right. And what, what what's interesting about how you said they've kind of tacked this thing onto the side, it kind of feels like a lot of the stuff 
that's coming out in VR at the moment is just like primitive experiments that even though the, the technology is getting better and better and better, even though um, like for me, something like Call of the Mountain didn't feel like that. It felt like a fully fledged game because I think it was off the back of a game that was developed by an uh, incredibly good developer with a, a great studio. And then for, you know, the studio that took it on in VR to do what they did with it, they had a good source material to go by, but anything that kind of feels like it's solely developed for VR, it's just like, it's okay. Well, what cool things can we do um, that just kind of gets, you know, turns to starts to turn people on. And then I'm just going to take my hands out the pants and say, well, go fuck yourself, do it yourself till the end. You know, like it is, I think that it's, I don't know why that's my analogy of the week, but um, that, that kind of feels like to me that they some of the different things that they do are half-baked. And um, I, I'm with you, JB. I think there is so much to be had in having like a an experience that puts you into the spot that you actually want to be in. Everyone that likes Star Wars would love to know what it feels like to be a Jedi, not a fucking droid repairman. Like, you know, like mm. never once have I ever gone to a Star Wars movie or watched a Star Wars movie and gone, oh, I wonder what it's like to repair a fucking droid. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. Yeah. You oh, let, let's like, stick C-3PO's arm back to... on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I used a fucking welding gun on a fucking machine. I can, like, that's not, that's not interesting. The interesting part would be to have, you know, a game where you're given, like, the good or the bad choices within it, and then you can decide to be a fucking uh, a Sith or a, or a Jedi. You can be really bad or you can be really good, and you can go and do good things or you can go and do bad things and utilize different powers within the VR. That sounds so fucking sick. I want to play it now, but it doesn't exist. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Well, there you go, Sony. Plenty of uh, yeah, plenty well. of ideas for you there, so stick that up your dick hole, but uh, just don't give it to EA. <laughs> yeah. Fuck up everything. <laughs> All right, well, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, the podcast once again for this week, and I'd like to thank the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, JB. <laughs> and uh, also Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you, Steely. Oh, thank you, Joel. It's been an absolute cock-infused episode, and I oh. have loved every second of it, just reaming at the bit. Whose fault was that? <laughs> I've had an absolute fucking blast with you people this week. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, okay. thank you. Thank and you last so but not least, <laughs> thank you so much, Casey C. Oh. Mac McLaughlin, yeah. especially for putting up with oh. the uh, chap sitting alongside you there. Oh, fuck. The pissed. Tell you what. The pissed. <laughs> One day we're gonna have to zoom in from a different room. He's gonna we have to. We, I'm gonna have to leave this room. Fucking hell! It's not like I did a <laughs> fart in your mouth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us about whose mouth you'd like to fart in, uh, reach out to us on the socials and uh, drop us a line. And uh, check out the Discerning Gamer Facebook page. We've been uh, sharing a few bits and pieces to that, so that's uh, starting to get uh, interesting. And, uh, yeah, we'll bloody see you next week. <laughs> Bye. See ya. If you want to fuck in my mouth, I'll do it for a considerable amount of money. <laughs> if, you, if you're paying big, I will let you do it. It's, fuck, it's fucked up. You want to do that to someone, but I will let you. <laughs>